and welcome to episode 9 of the show. I'm your host, Endgamer, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Ed Bellis. Hey! And tonight we'll be talking about round two of the GameFAQs contest. We're currently halfway through it already. Uh, pretty amazing. And we got a great show for you tonight. Two uh, very exciting guests. First is a longtime stats topic regular. He goes by the name the Kool-Aid Shuto. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's Kool-Aid. And we're also joined by a very special user. He's been the uh, the knight of Board 8 for many years. Yesterday he was crowned its king. Uh, say hello to Sir Chris. Pleasure to be here, Endamera, and a very warm welcome. Thank you for that. And uh, before we jump right into the round two action, just wanted to briefly comment on the big event on the boards uh, yesterday was the reveal of the top 100 users of the decade uh, of the 2000s on board eight. And the winner, of course, as I mentioned, was Sir Chris. Chris, did you have a, a word or two you wanted to say to your fans who uh, voted you best of the decade on the board? Well, uh as much as I would like to be egotistical about it, it was I was actually deeply humbled. I've been here about eight years now, and I've met many great people and many great users. And uh, to be considered the best was really something. And uh, I'm not usually touched by the internet, but that was a very touching for me, I have to admit. And getting to beat Icehawk was really awesome, so there's always that, too. Now, in a kind of an odd twist, we also have the... Number two finisher for user of the decade, that would be Mr. Ed Bellis. What a twist. <laughs> and, Ed, it was kind of a blowout, but you did at least beat Icehawk, so that's got to feel good, right? Oh, yeah, that feels real good. Ice, Icehawk has beaten me in way too many things in the past. <laughs> um, he beat me in the, the top 100 user of the year, I think, by, like, one place, and, I, and it's good to uh, good to be back. He back in second place. <laughs> back in second. <laughs> He topped you in like five boardy categories or something as oh, well. Oh yeah, like, I forgot the boardies too. Yeah. You you kept you kept almost winning everything. Yeah, like it was it was it was nuts. But it's been yeah. that kind of year for you. But. It's been that kind of year. All right, so some very uh, popular users. Hopefully, it'll, hopefully it'll result in some really fun discussion. I thought this was a great week for the contest. Uh, lots of cool results. Of course, probably the biggest one, Master. Chump, Master Flop, I don't know what to call him, but... Master Choke. Master Choke, there we go. He he did it again. Kool-Aid, what were your thoughts? The final score there, uh, Ryu with uh, a little over 52% of the vote uh, when we were expecting Master Chief to win with maybe 53%. Uh, we were fairly confident in him this year. What were your thoughts on, on that big flop? I had Master Chief winning, but I made that really cool Ryu Hayabusa picture, so I wasn't too biased about it. However, uh, I just I can't believe I keep trusting this guy, Master Chief, every year. He keeps flopping for me. So many dang times. I mean, at least he kept it close. 52%, 52.5. Not too bad. But again, I will never trust this guy ever again. Or Chrono Trigger characters ever again. <laughs> That's what I said in my, in my crew write-up. I can't believe, I, I believe Master Chief, I'm never going to trust him again. And then I said, but I think this is the third time I've said that. <laughs> so <laughs> chances are I'm going to say it a fourth time as well. But now with uh, Halo Reach coming out in uh, September, and all the Spartans, they kind of look alike. Watch next year, there'll be some debatable match, and everybody pick against them, and he'll he'll beat them. He could pull a Kefka on us, but I think it's more likely he, he keeps on flopping. Chris, were, were you shocked by that, or were you doubting 
MC this year? Well, originally I had Ryu in my bracket, and I only switched it dumbly out of pure pressure. And as I thought about it after the bracket closed, I became more certain that Ryu was going to win. I think I always thought, and I in fact argued it before contests, that Master Chief's strength was more of an illusion than people were giving it credit for. I think since our last one-on-one, a lot of people thought because of the integration of the 360 crowd that Master Chief's hate had lessened, and I had always thought that he had a certain fan base and was heavily anti-voted one versus one. And when I look over the contest history and the many matches Ryu has had where he's overperformed to our expectations and the many 1v1s where Master Chief has underperformed... I was feeling pretty certain that Ryu was going to win, except that I didn't make it count in my actual bracket, so I'm not surprised at all. It it actually follows every trend I expected it to. Now, this one was pretty interesting. Uh, In the Gurus, we had 84% of us backing Master Chief, which was actually much higher than I thought it was going to be. Jeez. Um, the, the casuals did very bad on this as well. Uh, only 16% of them supported the ninja. And that's actually the uh, 16th lowest percentage ever in any 1v1 match. Is is that kind of stunning for you, Ed? Or, or did you uh, kind of expect it to be that ugly? I mean, I think Master Chief is big casual bait. So I think people when he loses a match like what what was the sub-zero percentage when he lost the sub-zero that one year wasn't like in the 20s or something like that yeah it was one of the biggest uh round one upsets ever yeah so i think that doesn't surprise me that most of the casuals went with chief it doesn't surprise me that most of the uh, the board people went with chief um just because we put our faith in him like like kool-aid was saying and we continually get burned but in like uh, people actually like it's like it's like you don't learn. Like I had Master Chief without even thinking about it, um, and I didn't even consider Ryu in that upset at all, and I kind of regret it um, because I think Ryu has been on a steady increase over the past few years, and he's definitely now had a good opportunity to show that. I give the casuals a break because they've always been big MC believers, but I'm fairly ashamed of the gurus that so few of us uh, realize this after Sub Zero. We should know uh, better by now. Yeah, after you know Donkey Kong gave him a run and, and all this kind of stuff. The other big match that was nearly as big of an upset uh, was Vivi's match, and that one was, was quite surprising, I thought. Only 18% of brackets site-wide thought Vivi was going to win, which makes it the 18th lowest ever for a 1v1 match. Chris, where'd, where were you leaning on, uh, on that big uh, Vivi upset? Uh, I had Vivi in my bracket. I had the. I know a lot of people got the round one round. A lot of people had liquid. I actually made a topic in round one saying I was so certain Artier was going to win that I would close my account if he didn't. I was joking, but he won, so it was okay. And I had Vivi in my bracket in round two. Uh, I never really doubted the result, to be honest. Um, I've always believed that there was a certain type of fan base on Game Fats that makes it kind of uh, hard to beat. Vivi's a black mage. He's cool. He has the cool factor going for him. Artia's new. You know, he does a, when you're trying to out-badass a black mage, it's kind of hard to do that on Game Fats. So uh, I had Vivi. A little surprised at the percentage, but not too much, as I expected. The, the thing I did with that is I went Vivi in my bracket, and I felt pretty good about it. And then after the way Liquid Snake was destroyed, I just couldn't justify i said you know if this was a night match 
I give Evie a chance, but you got to go with the, the Xbox day vote, and that just did not materialize at all. Kool-Aid, can you explain? Almost 56% for Vivi. I mean, it's a heck of a percentage aside from just winning. Uh, do you have any explanation for that? It's probably a similar situation to the Master Chief where you thought, oh, God, it's a casual day vote. Western boost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that didn't work out at all, which I guess that's why the um, percentage was so low at 18% went for Vivi. I mean, I had Liquid Snake, so I'm stupid anyway. It doesn't matter. Again, like, Vivi's a timeless this character design looks cool. Looks like a Jawa, but again, we don't know how good Star Wars is in this contest after Dark Raven. Yeah, he's Tom's design. Everybody loves him. And Altier again is a new character, like Chris mentioned. So the result is it too surprising? But man, <laughs> I wish you would have picked differently. Now the thing that makes it really weird for me is almost 56 percent, which means if you had turned this into a night match. Uh, where Final Fantasy IX probably does better. We're talking about Altair actually being behind Donkey Kong, and then we're starting to talk about Donkey Kong would beat Liquid Snake with 60% of the vote, and that sounds so wrong to me. I mean, Ed, does that just sound ridiculous to you? Yeah, it kind of does, but I mean, Metal Gear has, outside of Snake, kind of flopped this contest. Um so, I mean, maybe in a one-on-one setting, Donkey Kong would actually give Liquid a run for his money. I don't know. I mean, it goes against conventional wisdom. It goes against <laughs> um, goes against all manner of logic. But um, it seems like that might be an interesting upset to take, um, given contest trends this, this year. This contest doesn't really run on logic anymore. Can yeah. I, um, can I make a note real quick? This sure. This goes to my, to my point. Is I think we rely on stats too much. Sometimes, and don't look at the obvious, we, like, the contest isn't pure numbers, because I think a lot of things were obscured by round one, and we were confused by it. Like, take Liquid versus Artier. We would mistook that purely for his strength, and not Liquid's weakness. I think, given the spoilers for Metal Gear Solid 4, which I won't say... I think Liquid has a reason to become less popular. And I think people thought Ocelot did badly, when in fact he was in a very close match with a person who did de- pretty respectable on a Mega Man X guy, who we thought looked weak because of his first round match, but maybe not so. I think trying to make uh, stats out of round one and two, before we even have the whole picture for the Ed stats to kind of combine themselves probably leads to some expectations that when looking back don't seem very reasonable so i think a lot of people mistook round one in a lot of instances to mean things that it didn't necessarily mean so i would take donkey Kong over liquid for any amount of money or amount of odds because donkey Kong, like master chief is a choke artist yeah you make a good point there we're we're trying to you know put things together, and we don't really have the whole picture yet, and we won't until the later rounds so if at all if at all, yeah, given how how just off the wall some of this stuff has been all right, so those were the two the big upsets uh for this week, and uh the the VV match was actually also an upset in the oracle uh with just a few more people taking uh Altair instead of Vivi, even though in the Guru, uh, Vivi was still the favorite. So to talk about the rest of the matches, we thought we'd get into our stars and turds. Let's start it out with the turds. And uh, Kool-Aid, who would you say, first half of round two, who would be your turd so far? I have to go with Weighty Companion Cube, because after the first round, he said, wow, he got a blowout, an anti-blowout contest. This guy's really good. And then all of a sudden, 
uh, he almost gets CQC by the boss. I got 53% against, you know, the boss that we all thought was, you know, really LOL-worthy after that first encounter with Nathan Drake. I mean, he's got a toe from Luigi finds him next round. Yeah, you got to believe he is. And that was actually a really bad performance just based on our expectations. We In the uh, Oracle, we thought uh, Cube would be at around uh, 60%, so it missed by almost 7%, which is the worst underperformance by a winner, uh, you have to go all the way back to uh, Knuckles in round one to find someone who underperformed worse. Chris, what did you think about that? I know you said Metal Gear Solid's been a little weak, and yet the boss uh, did give Cube a pretty good run in that match. Well, I was more so referring not to Metal Gear Solid, but just to Liquid because of the plot of Metal Gear Solid 4. This is kind of what I expected again. This is going into the fact that I think people jump to conclusions when they shouldn't. In round one, people were like, okay, well, Nathan Drake is still weak. I think the boss is a pretty steady character, and I think Nathan Drake actually improved quite a bit since his game. I I had him winning that match, so I was disappointed that I was wrong in that, but I think he still improved a lot, and I think the fact that the boss beat him showed that she had decent strength. So I don't think this was really an underperformance by Cube, what what it should have been, and more so just another case of skewed perspective. I was expecting the cube to win after both of the round one matches, maybe by a little bit more than this, but just given the fact that it's uh, it's a cube, and the boss <laughs> is a legitimately <laughs> it's a cube. I'm sorry, and the boss is a legitimately you know good character from a steady franchise. I think people will get their expectations way too high based off of a far weaker Nathan Drake from before Uncharted 2. So I disagree with that pick. And that was a fairly big casual upset as well. Only 38% of the site did pick the cube, which almost ended up being a a smart pick with Boss giving it such a run. Uh, Let's stay on the same track. My turd of the round, you'd kind of expect it knowing me and and my bias, but I'm going to give that uh, old turd to L Block. (laughs) Big surprise. (laughs) Big surprise. Big surprise. Managing a mere... 60% 60% uh, against Isaac. In the Oracle, we had him pegged for 64%, and that just did not make sense to me. Everyone was picking 64, uh, 65, 66, and I thought everything was trending away from that, that the jokes haven't looked as good this round, and that uh, Darth Revan didn't look so great, so why do we have so much respect for HK-47? Uh, I, th- I thought Isaac was going to was gonna be able to top that percentage easily, and I ended up being right. Uh, Ed, do, do you think I'm right in that there seems to be a trend going away from these non-traditional uh, characters this round, or, or am I just reading too much into it? I don't know. I mean, we've only seen, what, the Cube and L-Block so far this round? As far as like the Joker characters go, we'll have to see. I guess missing though will be the um, will be the the icebreaker there. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think I expected L Block to do a little bit better here myself, just because Isaac is. I don't know. I mean, you could always say that he had like a little bit of a boost from being an assist trophy in Brawl and with his new the Golden Sun DS coming out. But I, he's a pretty weak character. Um, I guess I don't know because L Block is so difficult to predict in the sense that its strength varies from round to round. So we could easily be looking at L-Block giving um, the next round a run for their money, 
or we could look at it like flopping completely. It's really tough to predict at this point. Oh yeah, I forgot that we also had uh, one more non-traditional character. That was uh, Glados getting destroyed by Kirby. Uh, about sixty-eight percent of the vote. Tranny has a has a thought here. He thinks that really well-known characters, uh, for instance, uh, Kirby and Yoshi, are the worst people to go against a joke character because the joke characters rely on uh, indifference or not knowing the character too much to get a lot of their votes and so he feels that Yoshi's could give uh, Mizno a real good run after seeing that Kirby match and some of these other ones Chris would you agree or or is Mizno safe until Sephiroth in your mind well, one thing, I think we're going to get a lot of pissed off Portal fans for lumping in GLaDOS with the Companion Cube. <laughs> so I should uh, let you know that as soon as you said that, I just knew you were in trouble. Ulti has given me the business several times on this. And also, <laughs> I, I find the changing culture of the contest really amazing when the turds of round two of a 1v1 are two non-traditional characters winning. Isn't that great? He would have thought that three years ago. As for missing though. I think he might be in trouble versus Yoshi, but I think Tranny is off base on his logic. I think the thing to consider with Yoshi is it's fucking Yoshi. Who the hell votes against Yoshi with a clean conscience? Because he's like an iconic character for a lot of people on GameFats. Lou Lintz and Lou worshipped the ground that he walks on. And Missing No, as much of a joke he is, he started with Nintendo like Yoshi. And it, so it presents an interesting problem for Missing No trying to gather votes from a Nintendo character. Although I don't think it's a safe assumption to assume that Yoshi is that more well-known overall than a guy like Chrono, whose RPG is one of the most celebrated celebrated classics of all time. So I think that's a little off-base, but I think because Yoshi is Nintendo, that it might present Missing No some problems. Although I'm in the uh, spirit that if Yoshi cannot stop Missing No, Sephiroth is probably screwed. Yeah, there's definitely good reason to believe that, and... Well, that was part of Tranny's thing, too, as well. He said, uh, guys like Kirby, Yoshi are well-known. They're also hard to anti-vote, because who hates Kirby or who hates Yoshi? Probably not too many people. Eric, dumb, dumb pink ball. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to beat Dante. I whatever. am the game. Whatever. I'll play Killmaker. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? You hate, <laughs> you hate Kirby, guys. I can't think of a single person in the world who hates Kirby. <laughs> So, Chris, then, who was your turd, if we haven't uh, mentioned them already? Can I mention the person who's currently losing? Or Yep, that's yet? fine, sure. Okay, well, before I do that, I think a special round of applause has to go to Isaac, who didn't even show up to his own match on time. He subbed in his son, or whatever, from Golden Sun <laughs> Yes to start, and had to be swapped in. So that deserves a special mention. Um, but I'm going to go with Kratos. Maybe after last round, it was kind of clear what was going to happen. But I had high hopes for Kratos entering this contest. I had him winning this match pre-contest. I thought he was due to be have a good strength boost coming from the hype. He's a good character. You know, he's has a pill to him. He's a badass, rugged. He's was on the PS2. He's going to be on the PS3 very soon. And he seemed to be doing pretty well for himself in the past years. And I don't know if this is just Charizard being stronger than I personally expected, or if this is Kratos flopping a bit, but it's kind of interesting to see that he couldn't even keep it very close as of right now. 
I expected a lot better from him, or at least a very good match. So this is kind of going against my pre-contest notions. Although I do have to say that, really, I don't, I look, I'm looking it over, and I have to confess, I don't really think there are many underperformances that I'm seeing. So even this isn't as harsh as I, I think some people would expect, just because I don't really see anything in round two so far that's really surprising me, especially after round one. The picks here I thought were interesting. Uh, with the Gurus, 58% had uh, Kratos and only 38% had Charizard. When it seemed like heading into the contest, all you're hearing about was Charizard, Charizard, Charizard. But uh, apparently a lot of people didn't buy the hype, and it's biting them. Kool-Aid, did you go with Charizard to make a, a big run this this uh, bracket? Uh, my bracket actually had Kratos winning this, then beating L-Block, and then meeting Sora in the finals. Uh, I believed in the God of War 3 hype. I thought that was really going to do something. I see his Slurpees at 7-Eleven. Uh, I see his face all over GameStop. They always ask you to pre-order this game. I mean, you can't just can't go anywhere without seeing him. I thought, well, Charizard, uh, he's not that popular anymore. Who cares about Pokemon, right? It's only for 12-year-olds. But apparently, uh, <laughs> Bordet proved me wrong on that one. I mean, once Charizard got like 64% against Duke Nukem against that, you know, America, fuck yeah picture, I thought, okay, he might be able to do something against Kratos now. I'm surprised Kratos was so close. I expected at least 55%, but again, the result is so surprising to me anymore. Yeah, it's it's kind of odd that you mentioned that because it was like Halo 3, you know, getting all this promotion and the Mountain Dew Game and Game. and all this stuff, and he boosted through the roof. I think it was pretty reasonable to expect uh, Kratos to do the same, and it just did not happen at all for whatever reason. Ed, did you have any thoughts on, on today's match, which is uh, just wrapping up as we speak? Um, nothing that really hasn't been said yet. I think um, after the round one performances, it was pretty, everybody kind of favored Charizard going into the match. And I think, um, I don't know, looking at this round, I guess I can segue into my turd if you want. Um, I uh, I didn't really see, like Chris was saying, that many like underperformances. I, everybody seemed like they kind of performed up to snuff this round. Um, I was disappointed in Zach just because I had him doing a lot better than he did, but I, mean, I guess the writing was on the wall in terms of uh, how well Sid did, or not how not well Sid did. Hey Ed, um, hey Ed, how well did you have Zach doing exactly? What percentage um, did you think he was going to get? Well, gee, Chris, thanks for asking. Um, I had Zach getting to Mario. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Just because, yeah, I how felt like taking the upset, and that, you curry. that didn't really uh, pan out. <laughs> Ed, I love you, but you are crazy. It's true. Um, but yeah, so I guess maybe I'm a little prejudiced with that pick, but I, I expected, I didn't expect Zach to win after round one, but I still expect him to do at least better than not even breaking 50% there, or 60%. Well, that leads nicely into my star of the round, because my star is Mega Man, who really impressed me, first against Sid, and as soon as he finished that match, uh, everyone was trying to downplay that performance, you know, uh, oh, people don't know Sid that much, or... He had a terrible picture. You could barely recognize him. And I thought Sid had every advantage in the book, and I thought Zack had the same. Usually in these kind of uh, Nintendo versus Square matches, Square will bring its A game and put up a good performance, and neither of those guys did. I'm giving all the credit to Mega Man and not so much. Maybe FF7 is down a little bit, but I definitely think Mega Man's doing good. And the thing I thought was really funny was if you would have put, say, Vincent in this bracket, 
I think everyone would have been falling over themselves to pick uh, Vincent over Mega Man, Death of the Noble Nine, and now that's looking like that would have been uh, a pretty silly. Chris, would you have been one of those to uh, to pick Vincent over Mega Man given the chance this year? Not a chance in hell. I have never picked against the Noble Nine. Uh, it, not true that did bite me in the ass with Missing now. I admit that. But in terms of established characters, I've always been a big believer of Prove Me Wrong. When you prove me wrong, uh, then I'll change my mind on stuff. For the Noble Nine, they were 125-0, and 0, and Vincent was barely beating Chrono when he had, in my opinion, a company advantage, being that Final Fantasy VII is clearly the top tier of uh, Square fanboyism on this site. So he should have probably been robbing Chrono of a bit of his strength. And I've always, and I think that Mega Man's uh, a couple percentages above Chrono at the least. So I would have been very confident in picking Mega Man pre-contest, and I would have probably been right. It looks like Kool Aid. Would you have been in the same boat, or would you have been one of those uh, calling for MM's head? I probably would have picked Mega Man over Vincent because I always believe in a Noble Nine. Oh my God, they won 125 wins in a row. So. I mean, yeah, again, like Chris mentioned, that didn't work out so well with Chrono. I mean, wait, is Squall stronger than Vincent at this point? Debatable. Okay. Uh, I, mean, I probably wouldn't put Squall over Mega Man, so I probably wouldn't put you know Vincent over Mega Man. Speaking of Mega Man, he's like on steroids these past two rounds now. And uh, some people, <coughs> not saying any names, <coughs> Kamikaze Potato, are saying Mega Man might have a chance at Mario, which I'm not so sure I'm on that board yet, but it's not looking too ridiculous at this point. KP's crazy. You're a lovable guy, though. He's a little crazy, but I gotta admit, it looks a lot better than I would have uh, given it a chance for earlier. So, Kool-Aid, then, who was your uh, star for the first half of round two? Okay, so I picked a winner for a turret of the round, but this time I'm picking a loser for a star of the round. And I have to go with Kefka, who got, you know, almost 40% on Bowser, who we thought was a near elite. I don't know if we consider him a near elite anymore after that performance, but... Kefka, who we've always been, you know, the troll of the contest, actually got 60% on Arthas. Now, we don't know how strong Arthas is. Maybe he's a four-way wonder or, you know, World of Warcraft doesn't have a fan base here anymore. But again, I was like a impressive performance. And so to get almost 40% on Bowser, I thought was pretty pretty amazing. I mean, i got to say, probably helped that, you know, he had a really cool The Dark Knight picture and uh, the City of Boost. I think the City of Boost really worked for Final Fantasy VI on back characters. It doesn't really help for like Final Fantasy VII or Tidus that we saw in that Tidus Sub-Zero match. I expected about 65-35 going in. I don't really do Oracle. I don't even know how to do Oracle. I'm stupid like that. But yeah, I expected that, 65-35, and Kefka surpassed my expectation with flying colors. It's been an odd weird, uh, year for that. We had Arthas uh, appearing on a Mountain Dew can and then getting blown out by Kefka, and then uh, Kratos on Slurpees and getting killed by uh, Charizard. Just no one is reproducing that uh, 07 game fuel magic. Well, Commander Shepard, he had a Dr. Pepper promotion going on. Oh. So maybe that explains that 35% on Ellis. Yeah. Going against the trends. Watch out, Pikachu. Something to keep in mind, I think, for that match, as a good reference point, is I find it very interesting that Kefka actually outperformed Frog by 2% on Bowser directly. Same company, same system of popularity with the Super Nintendo, and Kefka, someone who's been underperforming for years now, 
And Fard, someone who we have come to expect to be a bullshit 101 guy in the last five minutes, got outperformed by Kefka. So I'm I'm thinking maybe we should cut Arthas a little slack here, because it looks like Kefka came to play this year like he hasn't done before. Yeah, we'd, we'd always assume that uh, Kefka was a step or two behind the CT guys, uh, Magus and Frog, but looks like uh, not anymore. Ed, were you pretty impressed by that as well, uh, holding Bowser to just 61%? Yeah, I mean... Kefka was weird this year. I feel like um, every time we bet ag- we bet on him, he lets us down. And of course, this year we bet against him, and he decides to show us all up just because he's sadistic like that. And I think that um, Chris pretty much summed it up. Like it looks like Kefka really showed up to to play this year, and I think. Um, it's not necessarily that Arthas was weaker than we anticipated. I think Kefka just actually ended up a lot stronger than we anticipated. And maybe like, like Kool-Aid said as well, this Dissidia boost really helped a lot of the earlier characters. And like Kefka, I mean, you can see that with even like he has a recognizable picture now. He doesn't have like that awful lettuce picture that he always got in the early years. So I think, I think honestly, this is the first year I can say I wouldn't mind seeing him come back because I always felt like he took <laughs> up an extra spot Um that could have been served with someone who actually would potentially win a match. But I feel like this year he actually earned his keep for the first time uh, since almost losing to Pac-Man in 2003. He's an oddball in that. He's never been that strong, but he always gets huge uh, casual support to get into the bracket easily. So I agree. For once, I'm happy that we're going to see him back in in 2011, uh, almost certainly, because I think he can uh, deliver some more Kefka magic for us. Chris... Your star of the first half of round two. Well, I think mine is going to surprise a lot of people because no one's really thinking about it. But I am going to return to the Noble Nine and to the king of the Noble Nine. My star of the round is Link. Because after round one, everyone was saying how Cloud and Sephiroth and Link were underperforming. And so people were, you know, expecting something different from them. And this round notes how everyone was pretty dead on in the Oracle for how they would get out of the card. And people were saying that's an underperformance. Why did my research, unlike these Oracle guys, unlike you? And I found out in 03 and 04, if you simulate the Ed stats each year with Link versus Arlie card you get almost an identical percentage as this one right here. So what this match proved to me, because I really do think Arlucard has boosted a little bit with the advent of Castlevania making a comeback on the handhelds and his round one beatdown of Magus, I think Link just, in my mind, secured this contest already unless we have uh, like a messy no keep on going. I think that's the only threat to Link at this point because with a severe underperformance by Cloud and Sephiroth, and Link, who people thought underperformed round one, showing that he's back on track right where he was in his heyday. I think that the rest of the contest field is pretty much screwed. So I have to give him the star of the round because of that. Yeah, it was uh, kind of odd. In, in the first round, all the heavy favorites were getting really anti-voted. And I don't know if it's fallen off a little. We'll, mo- we'll know more after seeing uh, Cloud and, and Seth in action. I think people just underestimated Thrall a little bit, which goes to point out, I think, that Arthas did crash, but Kefka boosted. It would make sense. It does make sense, and it also makes sense that uh, World of Warcraft characters would have a, a really steady base to draw on, but then going much beyond that base uh, would be difficult for him, which some people have also uh, theorized for that result. 
All right, our final star of the round uh, will be chosen by Ed. And Ed, where are you leaning on uh, that one? Actually, it was chosen by Chris because I had Link as well. So uh, <laughs> it's cool. Um, I was just looking at the numbers, and Link really—he put up the same numbers on Alucard as Cloud did on Ridley. I don't know about you, but I would take Alucard over Ridley pretty quickly. I mean, like Chris was saying, I think Link pretty much secured this contest. Everybody talked about how the big three were over underperforming, and I think Link really showed that he was still a major threat in this round. I feel like a pretty smart guy right now. Thanks, Ed. <laughs> hey, no problem. The other close match, which we didn't hit on yet, uh, was Ike's match. He was expected to win with a little under 51%. He overperformed that uh, somewhat to win still a, f- a fairly tight match. Kool-Aid, did you have uh, any thoughts on that victory? I think Zidane win because, again, as we established, I'm not very smart at these contest things. Not as dumb as Ed Bellis, no offense, but, you know, not very smart. Oh, none taken, believe me. Yeah. And um, I believe if this was a night match, Zidane would take this, like, pretty easily, by 55%. But as it was, it was still pretty close. I mean, if you don't know either one of these characters, you just say, wow, okay, I'd, Ike, he's really easy in Brawl. And Zidane, who looks like a giant, big-headed monkey boy, <laughs> for one. That's my brother. My 8-year-old brother came in a room, and he just said, who's that 8-year-old? Who's that giant monkey-head boy? I said, don't, don't worry about him. He's actually losing right now. So the, the match, like the percentage has surprised me. But Ike winning, I've, I've known that for a while now, even though we only got 60% on printing, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, we were pretty split on that on the Oracle, but I always felt good about Ike because I said, Prinny, yeah, he put up a good performance, but he had such a, a good match pick. Uh, he, you know, everyone loves penguins, and he looked cute. <laughs> everyone, I think it's an established fact. So I didn't really hold that against Ike, and, and I really liked him to win, especially in a day match. Chris, were you a little surprised by that after seeing, uh, you know, Black Mage Factor FF9 was looking good? Uh, were you picking against Ike in that match? Um, no. I've never really associated Vivi strictly with his Final Fantasy IX performance he's more of an iconic transcendent figure so that really did weigh on me um i had ike in my guru and i'm pretty sure i had zadane in my actual bracket i can't check that right now i'll check it later so that's kind of funny i think i changed it last second you know i've been doing that a lot i'm not too surprised Um, i'm more surprised by the fact that the oracle had this close than it actually was because a lot it seemed like the the sentiment on the board was Ike was going to easily win, and that didn't really happen there. Zidane uh, handled himself quite well. I remember looking at the contest stats topic, and when Ike had 52% early on, a lot of people were like, oh, this is just going to go up, and it didn't. So I think Zidane's resilience kind of surprised everybody, and I agree, if this was a night match, Zidane would probably win in a really, really close match. But it's really not surprising uh, overall, just because it's, it was kind of a hard match to really predict, I think, and it was pretty close. I agree. Uh, I think I would lean away from, from Ike in a night match. And he did okay with the afternoon vote, but generally uh, Brawl guys would do a little better than he did. He wasn't really able to pull away. So, uh, But he was good just to squeak out a win, get to round three. That's a great accomplishment for him. Uh, one other match we didn't touch on yet was Luigi against Amy. 
the player number two, uh, the classic icon of gaming, could not get up to 60% uh, against the Wolf. Ed, were you a little disappointed in Luigi there? Yeah, I mean, I think I had Luigi with, like, 60s, like, in the low 60s. Um, but I also think that Amy is probably a little bit stronger than we gave her credit for. I feel like Luigi... Yeah, I think it's more Emmy's strength rather than Luigi's weakness, I would say. But yeah, I, I had Luigi getting, I think, mid low to mid-60s there. So it was surprising, but I can, I can probably rationalize it as Amy being a little bit stronger than we expected. For that one, Kool-Aid was your uh, eight-year-old brother turned off by Luigi's Luigi Mansion pick? Um, he's actually a big fan of Luigi Mansion, actually. So oh, okay. That would be actually really cool. But... Again, I haven't played Okami like nobody has here except Ed Bellis for 10 minutes. He's an expert at that. But, <laughs> hey, I've played that. Okay, yeah, Sir Chris has played it because Sir Chris is amazing. Again, yeah, I've right. been supporting um, Amy since, like, the four ways. I mean, she, was, she had legit strength, I think. And I think this match proved it. And the last match did, too. So to keep it on 60%, I thought that was very impressive. Now, I don't want to say, like, you know, Luigi being terrible or bad because he's still going to beat you know weighted companion cube we couldn't even get 55 percent on the boss of all people high fodder but again i think this just proves how strong amy really is and i look forward to her in future contests all right and we talked a little bit earlier about the noble nine and if it was going to be safe so two results that gave us a bit of a hint there one was sonic over knuckles with almost 68 percent uh the other was the man he's going to face next round ganon who beat Ken with about 64. And the way uh, those matches uh, shook out, Chris, are you giving Ganon a, a shot at Sonic? And, and if he can survive there, uh, how about against Kirby? Where are you leaning on those? I think Sonic and Ganon's positions in this contest are reminding me a lot of the 2003 contest. I remember when Sonic went up against Zero, and I believe it was about a 42-48 spread. Oh, I'm sorry, 52-48 spread back then. I think Sonic is vulnerable to any votes, as Lightning proved, but I think Sonic has a fan base that's really big and would vote him over a lot of characters. And I just don't see anything from Ganon which tells me that he's going to be able to hit 50% on Sonic. I, I, I guess it's almost like intangible. Like he's a villain, like he's popular, he's from a popular series. But then I just look at Sonic, I just eyeball it, and I think to myself, is he going to win? And I say, no, he's not. I know you guys have your stats, and I, and I follow those too. I just, I just think that's one of the common sense matches where you just look at it and you think to yourself, can Ganondorf really beat Sonic? And I just don't think he can quite pull it off. And I think Kirby is weaker than Ganon. I think a lot of his strength came from four ways. I think he was overhyped. And I think Kirby is going to lose about 55-45 to Sonic if... If he gets past Vivi, yeah, I said it. Oh, <laughs> uh, snap, is on now. Chris's take reminds me of something Alti has been harping on constantly since 2005, the, you know, the it's freaking Mario factor, uh, oh, which he constantly... I used that versus Samus back in the day when all the gurus were like, man, that stat say Samus is stronger. I was like, screw that, it's Mario. So I, I agree with Alti here. So, yeah, so Chris is once again coming down with Ulti and, and turning into it's it's freaking Sonic. Ed, do you buy that? Is is Sonic, if you just eyeball it, 
you'd think he's an icon, he can beat Kirby and Ganon, but do you think he's actually going to be able to pull it off this year? I think um, it's possible. I mean, I think if you look at, like, the raw numbers, like we were saying, Ganon's probably the favorite, but I do think there is an element of the iconic status that will probably help Sonic a lot more than it will help Ganon. I mean... Um, it was, it's very similar to, like we said, to Mario and Samus. I mean, when it comes down to it, people are going to vote for the more recon- the character they recognize, the character they prefer, and I think Sonic has a bigger fan base than that. So I think smart money's on Sonic at this point. I, of course, am picking Ganon, because I'm not the smart money. But um, <laughs> I, if I had to like actually bet actual cash money on it, I'd pick Sonic. Kool-Aid, are you in the same boat? Do you think he's going to survive both of these Nintendo challengers? Oh, yeah. I mean, with Ganon, one thing we all got to remember, this is going to be the Bakendorf picture, all right? So Ganon's going to look completely unrecognizable, and Sonic's going to have that classic uh, Sonic 1, Sonic 2 sprite from Sega Genesis days, back before he got all stupid friends and werewolf wolves and werehogs and crap. So I think he's going to beat Ganon. And against Kirby, I'm going with Sir Chris, not because just because he's amazing, but because I think 55-45 sounds just about right. And my Sonic fanboyism will not let me choose against Sonic in a good match like that. So it might be a little bit of fanboyism, might be a little bit of Ed Bellis picks rubbing off on me, but I'm going with Sonic over Kirby. I agree. I, I do think he's going to come up short against Ganon, and how much that's going to be with the pick, I'm not sure. But I, I do believe Kirby's going to give him a good run. And I guess I believe more than, than you guys that he could possibly pull off the upset. But. By the way, Indiamer, I already have my star for the second half of the next round. Okay, and who is that, Sir Chris? Samus, who is currently putting 71% on Jill. Whoa! <laughs> Man, Nico, you suck. That's crazy. I, I mentioned in my crew write-up, I said she's one of the few like blowout machines that we still have around because she's Nintendo, but she's not iconic she's not anti-voted like perhaps a mario is or a cloud is and people can really get behind her and so i I picked her for uh about 68 which i thought was oh maybe going a little high but uh yeah i may have undershot her in that one um get behind her (laughs) i bet you would get behind her her in gamer (laughs) by the way one more thing in gamer this is what stat heads Charizard only had 18.62% of the brackets. Whoa! Is VB. So that's a little bit of a future going on there. We'll probably going to talk about it more in the next show, but that's interesting to note. Yeah, that is really low. I had him pegged for about 25 uh, in my PPC. So, yeah, I uh, the casuals, I gave them, I thought they would really respect Kratos, but I uh, did not believe they'd give them Master Chief kind of respect, and apparently they did, so... All right, one last match to talk about that is Mario against Big Boss. And some people were really nervous about this match, thinking it was going to be the next Mario versus Shadow. Uh, He had the great pick. People were thinking he might get down into the 50s. Instead, Mario won very easily 63% of the vote. Kool-Aid, were you uh, fairly impressed with Mario holding up so well against uh, someone with a great picture like that? Um, If I would have done Oracle, I think 63 64% would have been like one of my picks there. Again, Big Boss is probably the most picture, like match picture dependent character in this contest, besides maybe Kefka if we've seen this year. And he didn't get that really cool Metal Gear Solid 3 Naked Snake picture. He got that old kind of Peace Walker kind of picture. And when I saw that, I said, yeah, okay, 63% sounds about right. And I don't know why the contest stats discussion 
topic was so crazy with this 67 or six. I mean, like um, being closer in the 50, 55 range. But I mean, 63 percent sound about right to me. And Solid Snake against Proto Man. He looked kind of disappointing, but we don't know how strong Proto Man actually is. And now we see Mega Man, Beast Mode, and everybody. So 63 percent sound about right. It didn't really surprise me. Indeed. Chris, do us stat head guys get too wrapped up in match pictures? Do we do we overrate them, or or do you think that's a that's a viable thing to factor in? I think you overrate them a good ninety percent of the time. There are some match pits which look awesome, like the Duke Neutral one. Probably actually helped him a little bit, even though uh, he got creamed. And there are some, yeah, yeah, I know. And <laughs> some of them looked really awful. See Kafka, but if you can recognize the character, character looks kind of cool. It probably accounts for maybe a 1-2% to range on people who vote just to see who looks cooler. A thing to consider, however, is if you have a... Ma- Again, this goes back to its fucking Mario factor. If you um, looked at the match, either you're going to vote Mario or you're not going to vote Mario. I mean, it's not like this is a battle of Tanner versus Sandal, okay? You know who you're voting or you're not voting. If you love Mario, it doesn't matter if you had, like, Jesus Christ in the poll with him. You'll probably vote Mario either way. So, Big Boss, he got his votes. He's a good, strong Mikado for this contest. But the, the the pitch just didn't matter. I mean, it's against Mario. It just can't matter that much because everyone knows who Mario is. So, yeah, I mean, kind of simple, really. That's a good point. I, I definitely agree that the iconic characters, the Pac-Man, Mario, Donkey Kong, uh, there's not much that can be done to sway your opinion on them uh, decades later. You, you probably made up your choice on Mario, you know, 10, 15 years ago. All right, so uh, I think that was a pretty fun episode. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for having me. It was a real pleasure. And we will see you again in one week to discuss the second half of round two. Wrap that up and look forward to uh, round three of the 2010 contest. Till then, this is Endgamer with the show signing off. Ed, say goodbye in a funny way. We'll see you around again. Funnier. 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 (laughs) Humorous way. Well, that was sad. Oh, my God. You people. Oh, he's later. Nice try, All right, so we covered the first half of round two. Ed, did you have any uh, final thoughts before we sign off for tonight? I like pie. Pie's pretty good. That's good. Kool-Aid, thoughts? I like pizza pie better. Also a good choice. Chris? Uh, I just wanted to bring up one thing that's actually on topic. So sorry all your pie lovers out <laughs> oh, there. whatever. Sorry, guys. I have a, a kind of a neat little factor that I wanted to bring up just to see what the contest guys thought after they listened to this podcast. I call it the no SFF factor. And now that sounds kind of obvious what it means, right? It's not. It actually means not obvious, same fan base factor. See, N-O, it's clever like that. I get it. Hey, I played along with your picture hyping, so shut up. Anyway. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, no, but you made me sound stupid. That's not very nice. Cough. Anyway, like, so they, Luigi and Amy, 
I think that might be a little thing going on there. I think people kind of underestimate how interwoven fan bases are. And I think that's something that the contest stats and the ed stats take for granted. And I think a lot of people who just read too much into them, as mu- as good as the ed stats are for general prediction, something when you're adjusting for like SFF that kind of skews the stats more and more over time is just the fact that every character is going to have an interwoven fan base. There are people out there whose favorite character is Solid Snitch, and their second favorite character is Mario. It's just how it is. So I think I think people kind of get lost in the stats sometimes and don't look at the big picture. I just wanted to bring that up, because that's been one of my big pet peeves with the stats topics for a long time, is people like Leon, as much respect as I have for him, scoff at people who think certain ways sometimes when they themselves just kind of limit their scope and don't think of obvious factors that don't account for a lot, but probably have won more matches than people are going to want to admit. That's just my final thought. Very deep. We're going to have to all uh, chew on that and get back to you in the uh, topic for this episode. So, But of course. Feel free to uh, give your thoughts on the no SFF factor. Uh, or maybe Chris will uh, kind of explain it again in the topic to get some discussion going. 